Welcome everybody to the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And man, it's been a while since we've been in here, I but know. we are back up in the uh, upstairs studio. Things have changed a little bit. I've been playing around. I feel like Rich Pierce from the uh, from the dividing line always changing stuff around and uh, buying some new technology here and there. So, um, so there's some new stuff. But anyway, it's the same old Tag Your It podcast where uh, we talk about apologetics and right. uh, to the glory of God. Um, and so we're back here to talk about that tonight. Um, so we, we've got something really good. But let's get some uh, housekeeping out of the way, Dave. Well, hey, just want to give you just a little bit of heads up of kind of what's going on. It is not all that difficult. Uh, we will not have a live feed for the next two weeks. Yeah. We're going to be playing some of our episodes that we recorded when we were in Jeff City last week. Yeah, so, so we we'll have, have a, and if you guys are on want to get on YouTube, I just uploaded them today. We've got uh, Rob Phillips, um, and it's like a little eight-minute long kind of highlight thing um, of that, but that is already up on the iTunes. Um, we've got uh, Jonathan Hayashi that we'll throw up. And um, then we got Ben and Ben Hawkins talking ben Hawkins. about the uh, conservative resurgence. So that'll be the next two weeks. We'll upload those um, on the the Monday's normal schedule. Yeah, and then we come back on the fifth of August. That will be a really nice show. We're going to do our part two of objective morality. Finally, finally getting so, to that one. Yeah, yeah, and I'll be here in studio for that one. Is that mm-hmm. right? Or yeah, I can't sure. remember if we decided if I would do that remotely. That's a, that's we'll have it you. figured out. It'll that's be great. You. So you might have a live feed with just Adam that time, and if you do, well, it'll be really good, too. We always want to remind you, if you are watching, please be sure to share the live feed mm-hmm. with any of your friends. We want to make sure that what we are doing is being broadcast. We believe that this is a effective ministry, and we hope that it's been a blessing to you. We've got some really fun topics today. Mm-hmm. We've been doing some fun research on them, but we have to promote, 100% we have to yeah. promote what is going to be going on here a month from today. Actually, it's a month and a day from today. So, Travis, if you're watching this, this is directed at you. Yes, Travis will be debating Nathan Rager on the resolution or on the proposition, the Word of God is most effectively preserved in the King James Version of the Bible. I'm noticing that my chair kind of pops for some reason. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. called room. It's, you know. They, I was just hearing it a few times, <laughs> so one of those things we don't get blocked out, but it's okay. It's going to be a really exciting debate. That is the first of three debates we will mm-hmm. be doing this fall. After that, of course, a month after that, I believe, it. what is it, the 19th of September? 19th? I can't remember the date. In Which September, one? you will see, because we have already sent out an invitation, Adam will be debating. Oh, I thought that was the 30th. Oh, Sorry, right. it is. Yeah, I yeah, think you're probably right. It is th- I don't have my calendar right yeah, up in front yeah. of me. But so anyway, the 30th wanna... of September is whenever we will have, and I know people have been asking me um, at the shop. That's right, and, the 30th. And place of it. Yeah. September 30th, we'll definitely have the Freemasonry debate. The proposition yes. being, is Freemasonry con- uh, consistent, consistent with Christianity, me taking up the negative? And then in October, we want you to mark your calendars 
right away. In fact, it would be really important for you to mark your calendar, plan on going to the Library Center in Springfield. I believe it's going to be the South Library Center, but I'm not 100% sure. That's on the 7th of October. We're going to be debating on animal rights, and that resolution hasn't been 100% agreed upon, but it's going to be yeah. something to the effect of animal rights and human rights should be co-equal or something to that effect. And so that's going to be a live seated debate. We want to encourage you to come. Consider coming, bringing your youth group, bringing some folks from your church. Yes, it is a Monday night. It'll probably start, I believe, at 6 o'clock, our normal mm -hmm. time. And it'll be about a two-hour debate, and there will be some open questions. We're not going to do open mic questions, but we'll do submitted questions. And the great thing is, if we don't get all of your submitted questions Answered there, we'll bring them back here, and we will certainly yeah. answer them. That it's always is a fun show. A podcast fodder. Yeah, um, having the leftover questions, and we do it. So, yeah, the cool thing will be after. Travis's debate, mm -hmm. unpacking that. We'll probably have to have Travis come in and do a little bit of a show with us on that. We haven't even really yeah. talked about that, but that'll be yeah. a fun element. And then your debate will be really fun to unpack as well. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah I've been... Be really I've been great. On it, so. it would be really great. I just want to share this. Last week we got to have lunch with John Yates, the president mm -hmm. of the Missouri Baptist Convention. Actually, I believe the executive president of the Missouri Baptist Convention. Rob was so nice to take mm -hmm. us out to lunch with him. We ate yeah. in a brewery of all oh, places. Yeah. So yeah, and he had a really good discussion yes, with Adam on masonry. It is really cool. Maybe someone like that. Yeah, no, I mean, that was in. that was really good. Uh, thank, thankful for him. Um, I'm not the only one because, you know, we got to make sure that we're not reading in, um, especially whenever you're in the middle of studying, that you're not reading in um, what you're studying into uh, things around you. And he, it's one of those things that he was on the same page, yeah. um, how Freemasonry is affecting, especially the Southern Baptist uh, communities. So, I mean, even today, yeah. that's the thing that's really crazy is even yeah. the influence today. And yeah. he even pointed out churches where he's like, well, masonry is the deal there. And yeah. he brought that into the conversation. Yeah, but that, I, did, didn't I, even I know. talked to Rob Phillips earlier about it, but he, uh, John didn't know anything about it. So it was just kind of a, an interesting thing. So you know, I, I, I can't wait. We're slated with some really good debates uh, for the next half of the year um, to close us out and uh, get to hopefully maybe, um, if you guys can be praying about a polygon for the following year. All right, um, 2020 would be, awesome. would be the so, goal anyways. Yeah. And hey, we also want to let you know, at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting in Branson, the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network will have a table. Mm -hmm. We will be there. Tag oh, yeah, will August. be there in full force. We will do some live cast from it. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more time to sit down with some of the apologists on the network that are going to be there mm -hmm. to do some real brief shows. Maybe if we're really lucky, we can sit down with uh, Dr. Yates again and yeah. maybe have him talk a little bit about the importance of the network. Be a really yeah. cool thing. Yeah, and then also August 25th, if he's talking about conventions, we will, at least I will be yeah. at the uh, Green County on uh, August 25th. Uh, that, that, that My plan is to try to be there. Yeah. I'm going to do the best I so. can to be there. I, I think it's going to be a, a real possibility. And I'm just going to tell you guys right now, fingers. guys 35, younger, please show up. Um, yes. the, the, the association needs, you need to know what's going on in the association because right. there are some great things. Um, and just to come know what it is for one, um, two, if there's anything profitable, uh, get involved in the association. If you're in the Green County Baptist Association, um, because I was, I'll tell you last year, there wasn't a whole lot of people my age. And um, I understand that these things aren't necessarily um Scriptural, like, you know, their, their associations were supposed to do that, but at the same time, you know, the denomination thing. But there are good things, um, and we can make it better and not let it die, but actually 
move it, progress it. So anyway, come on and this out is an important thing I'm going to say. I yeah. noticed uh, Travis is listening. Hey, yeah. Travis, if you're listening and I am not able to make it to the table there on the 25th, I bet you he would join you All that right. Sunday night. He'd you be a good person. You just well, he is. Well, he is not actually <laughs> on the uh, Tag Year at Ministries team. He is a Missouri Baptist Apologetics yes. guy. He's done a bunch for us. In fact, we have our great little sign that you can't see up there, but you can see this one behind yeah. us that Travis has made. So want to make sure we get all that out there. So what's the plan for today? We have well, had some today. niceties and some brief discussions, but yeah. what's our plan for today? Yeah, it's been a while. Anyway, so uh, today... Um, Really, it's like a current event as uh, Mark Driscoll, and then um, we had somebody uh, talk to us about another topic a few weeks or maybe a month ago or something. So we're finally getting around to it to talk about UFOs, extraterrestrials, that kind of thing, um, and really get just kind of like a, a Christian, Christian worldview. Yeah, because um, that's that. one one thing that I think is really interesting is. When you think about UFOs and aliens, you don't generally think Christian apologetics. Mm -hmm. Never would I connect the two. In fact, when we got the request, I was like. What? Really? Yeah. And, and it's mostly, and it's it's one of those things that we believe that the gospel permeates everything, that the gospel can be spoken in to everything. And so, you know, what if you had a friend or family member, um, what have you, if you had talked to somebody on the street, how um, do you get the gospel to them whenever they say they have been abducted or have seen something or whatever? How should we respond to this and how can we get the gospel into their life? make them a disciple and a brother in Christ and bringing them into the church and uh, give them healing through the process or whatever they need um, that the gospel provides. And so that was the major, um, I guess you could say, the key point um, of investigating this and talking about this tonight. Yeah, and it really did bring up some other theological mm -hmm. elements, and hopefully you'll see yeah. that in the show. One thing I do want to say, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're watching on the live stream, remember that this is actually a podcast. You can listen to the audio while you're driving down the road. If you're unable to watch the full live stream, go and download the podcast. Uh, you can find that on the Tagurit website at uh, Tagurit Ministries, or is, ta is it Tagurit Pod? It's it's right up there, TagurityMinistries.org. So yeah. be sure to do that, mm -hmm. and be sure to give us a four star, or excuse me, a five star rating on iTunes if you like what you've heard today. And if you have show ideas, be sure to send them in because we always want to touch on them. Dude, we yeah. have had a nice little go around. I did not realize yeah. that we had had such a nice little long visit there. Yeah. But uh, it's well, we well, wait, that's wait, wait, wait. That started ten minutes early, so I don't yeah, need to look right. at that time. That's right. It's the one down there. We still for went a second, really long. <laughs> yeah, for for a second there, I was like, dude, we talked for twenty minutes <laughs> in our opening. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, we tried that out for the night. So yeah, I think. Sorry uh, about that. Yeah, that was pretty nice though. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the material tonight. Um, again, we our main focus was wanting to do the UFO thing, but something happened last week. Um, it's something that has uh, really, I've, it, it affects me in a way um, to want to talk about it. I made a post on my personal Facebook page talking about it, but uh, I saw a article from Reformation Charlotte, I think is where, yeah, that's I, where got, I saw got it, it too. from, or at least where I saw it, and I uh, got connected to the source material on YouTube. But uh, So I guess uh, Mark Driscoll is on a debrief uh, or on the debrief podcast, um, and then there were some comments made there that I was just kind of like, wow. 
Wow. Now, for those of so, you who aren't real familiar with Mark Driscoll, I do think it's important that we contextualize yeah. it just a little bit. Mark Driscoll was a pastor in Washington State of a very reformed and charismatic church. That church grew really quickly. It grew really big. It was very influential. He started, was one of the co-founders of the Acts 29 Church Planning Network, which is a highly reformed church yes. planning network. And then about five years ago, there was some tension in his church and as it seemed he was being somewhat abusive was the claims and the elders there at his church asked him to step down he did not step down he left begrudgingly and has been unrepentant of what happened ever since and since then he's been on a lot of speaking tours has still written some books and has come to springfield multiple times oh, yes. to he's, speak he, at james river and, uh, yeah him and lindell are very very good friends he's He's come up here a lot. So this is, I mean, this is something that we need to talk about even locally, uh, Springfield-wise. Um, and it's something that comes out of, um, I'm glad that, by the grace of God, I've been guarded. Because whenever yeah. I came into the X-29, um, there was a lot of folks that were like, Mark Driscoll said this, Mark Driscoll wrote this. And he was a very individual, or a very influential person. And um, I was always kind of like... What is it about him? You know, I and I defended the context. You know, he he was a very mad-looking individual. Um, you know, angry and stuff. And the thing is, I'll let you know. I needed I needed that. I needed somebody to yell in my face to be like, you know, without God, you're scum. You know that God is angry at sin. Um, he was willing to go that far um, for bullheaded, stubborn people like me um, that was always just kind of like, eh, God winks, God winks at it, you know, grace, grace, grace. And it's like, wait a second, there's a reason for grace. And that means that's because I am sinful and I deserve to be hated and I deserve to be alienated from God. And then I get into the scriptures through discipleship and understand who I am because of sin. But then again, at the same time, who I am because of the gospel, because God is... So, I mean, I, there's lots of stuff... Yeah, the I, preaching of Driscoll yeah. is extremely powerful, yeah. and I would say that that yeah. was one thing that caused him, and he's going to share this in this piece that we're putting forward. He was considered one of the main people who was driving the yeah. Young Wrestling the outside, movement. Yeah, from the outside. So, you know, one of those things that I posted was like, I'm glad that the Young Restless Reform Movement... Um, was a re was reflecting the uh, Reformation and the fact that it can't really be pinpointed to one person. Yeah, um, it's something that just kind of happened, um, and it's, I, I share the same story um, as far as you know, not getting you know milk toast preaching, um, just not really getting anything, and then getting into the scriptures and other people um, taking discipleship seriously and loving me as. Uh, uh, an image bearer and you know acting out of those things that reformed thought theology teaches because the bible s teaches it and um stuff like that so um you you know and he denounces it in the in the piece but you know luckily you know the the young restless reform movement doesn't uh rest on mark driscoll and it's one of the I'm thankful for that, especially today, because of what we're dealing with in a way. So I don't know if you want to go ahead and just get into the video. Yeah, I think we need to go ahead and jump into the video. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do that. And I'm playing it at 1.5 speed, so it'll be a little bit faster. A little preaching, but I think everybody's view. I need to hit that. There we go. View of God is a projection or a rejection of the earthly father. Mm. Yeah, you so and Freud. This context, he said that uh, that 
people view God as a reflection or a projection of their own earthly father. So um, right now it's kind of like a Q&A type of thing so that it's not like you have to watch the whole hour-long video um, to get the context of what he's talking about here. Um, it's sort of a context. They're talking about the fatherness of God, and um, that's what these comments end up uh, coming out of. So you, so just that, just to give you the context. Atheism says, yeah. I have no dad. Agnosticism said, I never met him and I'm not looking for him. Deism says, he used to be here, but he left. He lives far away. Mm -hmm. Progressivism says, my dad is more like a big brother, permissive parent, lets me do what I want. Right. Arminianism is, I, I have a dad who lets me make my own choices, doesn't tell me what to do. Yeah, and that's wrong. And I'm going to defend Arminianism right now. Um, and just like you did, Dave. Yeah, um, when we were visiting him before yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so it's one of those things, this is what I want, want to let you know, what I found out about Mark Driscoll is the fact that he gets hot-headed and he spews. Yes. It works in some context whenever the context is correct. Um, it doesn't work whenever you're wrong. And so, you know, I will defend the Arminians. So, Jeremiah's saying it's a little bit too fast. We better slow it down. Play it okay. again real quick uh, because we want to make sure everyone hears it. Because, yeah, it is really, uh, really important. And I've got multiple things to say on this. And yeah, so, but yeah, go that's ahead. I was just, grabbing some of my scripture. Yeah, take the Arminianism so, thing real quick. So, then. essentially, the idea that Driscoll is putting forward there is that God just lets people do whatever they want. He's basically giving this nice, concise unpacking of Arminian theology saying that God says people can do whatever they want and he leaves them alone. That's false. That isn't what any Arminian that I know of would even say. Not even a full Pelagian would say that. They would say that God commands, yet you get the opportunity to choose whether you want to Ed, uh, whether you want to accept it or not. Not, mm. God just says, hey, do whatever you want. That's not at all a precise or effective unpacking of what Arminianism says. Yeah, and so, so even in his description of a position that we reject, we want to correct him on that because he's wrong. That is not a theologically sound position, and he needs to actually reject that and repudiate it. His statement mm -hmm. is false. Yes. So it's one of those things, like I said, I'm glad that I've guarded myself against Mark Driscoll, never became like the follower um, that a lot of people ended up becoming and getting hurt by. Um, so whenever you hear Mark Driscoll talk, be slow to agree. Yeah, agree. Agree. He is a hothead, and he's gonna he's showing it right in, in this interview. Is a projection or a rejection of the earthly father? Mm. Yeah, you and Freud. Atheism says yeah. I have no dad. Agnosticism said I never met him and I'm not looking for him. Deism says he used to be here, but he left. He lives far away. Mm -hmm. Progressivism says my dad is more like a big brother, permissive parent, lets me do what I want. Right. Arminianism is I, I have a dad who lets me make my own choices, doesn't tell me what to do. Reformed theology is I have a dad who is powerful. Uh, he is in charge. He's non-relational. He lives far away and don't make him mad because he can get angry really fast and hurt you. Right. Oh, okay. Multiple things there. Yeah, we this is the are point. going to need to stop. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, and I mean this this is this is why um, you know, so it's not necessarily talking about the fatherhood of God in that kind of in that context of what he's talking about. It's what he says here about reform theology. So, just to let you know, again, we've already said Mars Hill, the church that he was at up in Seattle, Acts 29 network, very very reformed. He taught reform theology. He named his son Martin, or Calvin Martin Driscoll um, and took pride in it and said, so you know which team I'm on, right? Um, so he's reformed. Um, he's a pastor. He was in front of people. He got to study it. This is what he does is he's a pastor, right? So he should know what reformed theology 
teachings. And why he's coming out and all of a sudden denouncing this is actually unbeknownst to me. Yeah. He is not actually telling anyone where he is. It is just complete fact. He was completely a five-point Calvinist. This is something he taught in his books. This is something he proclaimed. It's something that is inherently linked within all the confessional and agreement documents that you need to be a part of and accept if you are part of the Acts 29 network. And so now to turn face completely... There is no reason that I can understand why he is doing this. I don't know if he believes it's going to open up more platforms for him, but this is crazy. So even to denounce a position that you're going to say, I don't like, it would be really important for a theologian to actually understand that position and present it in such a way so that we can actually uh, know that you understand the position that you once accepted or mm -hmm. taught. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so he says that Reformed theology teaches that, you know, you have a powerful father. Okay, check mark. Um, but unrelational. That's what got me. Bingo. And so basically he knows better. Yeah, he definitely knows better than that. And we can go to the 1689 London Baptist confession of faith, which is a Calvinistic Baptist document. And, you know, you can look at chapter one. Well, I want to be careful yeah, when we say, yeah. and I do want to say yeah. something real quick. We say Calvinistic. I always want to say yeah. reformed yeah, because yeah. that is, that would be actually more precise because essentially the 1689 yeah. is going to reject, yeah, uh, reject pedo-baptism. And, and so, and like yeah, but, so make sure, we yeah. want to always make sure that we are it is being a, really, a, care, really clear in the way that we communicate I understand that. that. Gotcha. But anyway, uh, yeah, so the, the, the reformed position. Not trying to oh, like no, no, be, no, you're good. but like, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I just thought that that'd be an important element to, to state. <laughs> yeah, we need to make sure yeah, we're clear. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, God is but one only living true, true God whose substance is in and of himself, infinite in being and perfection, whose essence cannot be comprehended by anybody himself, a most pure spirit, invisible without body parts, passions, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, is, who is immutable, immense, eternal. And so he, he goes, it goes on and on about him, um, that he's forgiving, um, iniquity, transgression, and sin, the rewarder of them who who diligently seek him. And so there's a relational element already in the description of God from the scriptures, which this confession pretty much just plagiarizes. But it's crazy for him to say that yeah. because I know he accepts Genesis yeah. 127 and I've never met the most reformed leaning uh, hyper Calvinist would even accept Genesis 127 and say, yeah. no, God is relational. So yeah. to say that is just Chapters, yeah, chapter 7, uh, part 1 says, The distance between God and creature is so great. So yes, there is a transcendence. There is a otherness. There is a I'm out here-ness of God. That although reasonable creatures do obeisance to him as their creator, yet they could never have attained the reward of life, but by some voluntary condescension on God's part, which he hath been pleased to express by way of covenant and what is covenant. So now you got me pulling out my uh, 1689. But one thing <laughs> yeah. I think that is crazy is yeah. uh, one of the key elements of anyone who I've ever met that would say that they are on the reform spectrum. Because I always mm -hmm. want to be fair. I think that sometimes we group people in an, in, in an unfair way. Mm -hmm. I say, oh, they're reformed. Well, uh, even someone who is a traditionalist Baptist would have a uh, a scale on the Reformed theology mm -hmm. theological position, and so I always want to be careful when we're saying uh, Reformed. Look, even someone on the most narrowest spectrum of the Reformed position would 
state that God is relational. And someone on the other far end would also state that God is relational, that God is intimately involved with his creation. God is exceptionally intimately involved with his creation because they are image bearers. But here's something that I think is also key. Uh, when anyone claims that a Calvinist or a Reformed person or the Reformed God, because that's what he's saying. He's saying the Reformed God. That's his contention, He's saying right? that the Reformed person yeah. believes in this Reformed God. So, I mean, we got yes, to also... that is unrelational. Yeah. Uh, check yeah. out Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. But now, O Lord, you are the, our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. I want to make sure that people understand very clearly that when Driscoll says that reformed position, the Reformed position does uh, denies a, um, a intimately involved God a relational God. I've never met anyone on the reform spectrum who would deny what Isaiah 64, 64, 8 says. When we say that God is our potter and we're the clay, as also demonstrated very clearly in Romans 9, we are saying that God is extremely close to us. He's shaping us. He's so intimately involved with us. He is shaping us and we are being conformed to his image. And then the, just the whole fact of the reformed position holds to Jesus actually existed and he dwelled flesh. He became the perfect savior because of that. Um, Jesus was relational. So therefore God's relational. So again, like you cannot say that the reformed position believes that God as father, um, as the first person of the Trinity is unrelational. The sheep um, hear his yeah. voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them. What's that? That is an intimate response to what God has done in his call. Mm -hmm. The sheep hear his voice and they respond. That is a really important element yeah. that we must, uh, must gold, completely like what, accept. The golden chain of redemption that he calls, that he justifies, that he glorifies, those are all relational things that the Father has done. And we hold to it. So again, um, this is just what, what I'm going to tell you what's happening here is uh, Mark Driscoll has... Is, is having to separate himself from his past. When we were doing uh, show prep, I was I was yeah. not thinking about pulling up my own 1689 London yeah. Baptist Confession, which I have right here. Uh, I am always really interested in what the London Baptist Confession says about free will. Again, a highly reformed document, and it's something that everyone who is of the reformed position would, uh, would nod their head to at the very least. Um, when it comes to what it says concerning... And, um, Looking over here, <laughs> concerning um, free will. Remember, he's saying that God is not relational. The Reformed God and the Reformed believers don't believe that God is relational. Very important. When God can, this is uh, chapter nine, free will. Number, t uh, excuse me, yeah, chapter nine, free will, article two. Man, in his state of innocency, we don't usually yeah. say that word had freedom and power to will and to do that which was good and well-pleasing to God, yet was unable so that he might fall from it. Man, by his fall, section 3, into the state of sin, hath wholly lost his ability of will to any spiritual good accompanying salvation. So his natural man, being altogether averse from good and dead in sin, is not able by his own strength to convert himself or prepare himself thereunto. Mm -hmm. If man is unable to convert himself, God must transcend that sinful state within a human being in order to save him. And he does so by way of covenant 
relationship. Bingo. Sorry, so, I just those again, are just a few things I had to throw out there. So I'm glad, I, I, I mean, we got you to and teach I didn't the, even touch yeah, base on I mean, that. We, yeah, basically that teaches you the doctrine, you know, in a, in a very simple, just quick way. But yeah, we do. And I, you call me a young restless reform kid or not? I don't. I really don't know because I. I never heard of the movement until maybe a year, maybe less than a year before, like, the Calvinist movie came out. You know, yeah. Tim Chalice is, like, the first one I think I remember ever hearing the Young Restless Reform movement. And so, you know, I wasn't uh, recruited by some, like, Harry Krishna-type reformed young guys out outside of an airport, you know. Um, this is all scripture. So, um, whatever. I but yeah. I'm a product of it, and so I have to definitely say, Mark, you're wrong. And what you're doing now is is you're you're just doing this because you want to separate yourself from the past, um, and you're putting your foot in your mouth yet again, like you did in at Mars Hill. And so what I call this was unrepentant hot headedness, and it looks like Mark has not repented of being slow to where he should be slow to speak, quick to listen. And uh, he's just spewing out all this stuff, and he's looking like a fool just to probably separate himself again from his past. So we'll move on just real quick. I think there's like one more minute on the yeah. video. Sorry, I mean, that's that was fine. just, uh, I hope you didn't mind me jumping in there. <laughs> no, no, that's good. All right. And, and then feminism comes along and says, let's just be raised by a single parent called God as mother. Mm. And so. Almost every theological group within Christianity is somehow a rejection or projection of their earthly... F yeah. No. The people who accept almost every one of those positions are not Christians. Yeah. Why in the world would you connect an agnostic Christian yeah. or a... I don't know that it, his word was liberal Christian, but progressive, a progressive yeah. Christian. A progressive Christian is not a Christian. Let me say that again. Yeah. A progressive Christian is not a Christian. Yeah. And so, you know, here's here's what's Sorry. going on with uh, with uh, Mr. Mark Driscoll. He has adopted a worldview of Freud where he tries to attach um, God to your daddy issues, which is totally a worldview that you cannot do. It's the same thing why we should not be adopting critical race theory to to decide what we should do about race. What he's done here is adopted modern psychology, which I bet you Mark would have denounced 10 years ago. Um, and, 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 you know, that's why I read, who do you think you are? Because it's called biblical counseling from a biblical worldview with biblical definitions. And so what he's doing now is he's adopted world psychology philosophy saying that the way you view God is because of your daddy issues. Based on a naturalistic you can't worldview. Do that. You know, atheists don't hate God because they had a bad dad. Now it might be like, why did I? Why did God give me? You know, if God's so good, why did I have an abusive dad? Uh, no, they're born, as you know, what Reformed theology teaches, in rebellion to God already. And if that's what they use, they can use it. But that's not the real reason why they hate God, and why they have that view of God. They already have the view of God as being a being what as being a monster and then they suppress the truth um, by inventing something to say well he doesn't even he's not even there so even his his uh, review of what atheists and agnostics think about god is wrong because he's borrowed from man's philosophy yes. to make something again to start a dumpster fire against the people that he used to preach to gracefully and lovingly and truthfully until <laughs> Whatever you know, happened there until yeah. you know until what happened at Mars Hill with things and that's you know 
again, by the grace of God, it wasn't, you know, this doesn't tear me up other than it tears me up going like, dude, you know, this stuff and this is what you're saying and this is what you're doing with it. And it's, it's really sad. Um, but you know, luckily I'm a little bit more objective cause I never really got emotionally tied to Mark and just, Welcome so glad we've done this video, by yeah. the way. I think this is an awesome one to, to break down. Super mega long episode. Father, and the problem is they're starting with their earthly father and Which looking up. They're not starting with their heavenly father and looking down. Mm. And exactly. And That's the reformed position is that we shouldn't start right. um, with our uh, earthly father. And guess what? I, I was young. I was restless. I became reformed. And it was because I did start with the God as revealed in the scriptures and had to come to the... Binding myself to Scripture, keeping my thoughts to Christ, you know, in obedience to Christ and the Father that I found in the Scriptures is relational and amazing. So again, you, you've done nothing. You just again, just you're ad hominem attacking. You're fallaciously going about this. Well, it's really interesting to me that he lays out all of those positions, and then he reverts back to his reformed foundation. Mm -hmm. Notice that he can't get away from that, because that's not a Molinistic position. That's not an Arminian or semi-Pelagian position. What he articulated there, starting with God, is only possible from a Reformed understanding mm -hmm. of theology. Mm -hmm. You understand, if you are starting from a different starting point, based on the evidence of the world around you, that's the position that many in classical apologetics began with. Let me interpret all of the mm -hmm. information in my mind and then argue outward. Mm -hmm. That isn't what he says to do. Yeah. So he's being drastically inconsistent because what he's going to say next completely debunks any type of credibility that he would have. Mm -hmm. Their earthly fathers. Yeah. So I think I've gone so far as to say, I think the whole young, restless reform movement, Time Magazine said I was one of the thought leaders that helped create that. I'm not even, I don't hold to the five points of Calvinism. I think it's garbage, but. Um, there it is. So, blog no, he has taught Tulip. He has preached Tulip. He has written Tulip. He has defended Tulip. Mm -hmm. And now he is denouncing it. So completely denounce it. He has all kinds of statements all over. And now he is saying, oh, yeah, I don't, that's a bunch of garbage. Well, then you need to repent for everything that mm -hmm. you put in publication. And you need to repent of those sermons that you preached. Oh, wait, guess what? You can't denounce the five points of Calvinism and contend what you did about starting with God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. I mean, that's why Cornelius Van Til did his work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the whole point. Um, uh, you know, just what him going through Kuiper and, and all those guys it has to start with God. And and that can only be, again, from the Reformed position. But yeah, he says it's unbiblical. And he ends up just saying, you know, it's because of our daddy wounds. And and uh, again, this I, th I, I just have to interpret this as a uh, an attempt to, again, separate himself um, by his same unrepented attitude that he had um, up in Seattle, um, where he is not never wrong, and yeah. uh, he's now in Phoenix at uh, Trinity Church in Phoenix. He started up a congregation down there, um, and then he's coming up to Springfield. So again, just you know, we we need to move on to the next subject. But um, I just wanted to put this out there because this is just it's. I think Adam Ford or Adam Ford D or whatever the comic guy you know um, who's ever running that. He's uh, definitely, he was just like, it wasn't surprising or shocking, but it was surreal. Um, and I'd say I'd, I'd agree with that, that feeling, just like, wow, 
um, how things have come full circle, uh, so especially in the Dustin Kintrue, you know, the guy that wrote one of the more modern songs that I love, Grace yeah. Alone, um, denouncing penal substitutionary atonement. Um, he was the uh, main worship pastor at Mars Hill, wrote awesome reform, beautiful, solid beautiful songs. Hand, and then so it's like now we're seeing the aftermath of Mars Hill and then all this. Well, that's um, what happens yeah. when you join the, the Calvinist club. Yeah, and so you know why that's really important. Why do you reject? Why do you reject uh, tulip? You know, I'm not going to say it's because of total depravity, unconditional election, irresistible grace, limited atonement. You know what I'm going to say? You reject perseverance of the saints because you can't do it. That's right. And you know, let's persevere. Ooh, right on. Let's uh, yeah. work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing God does the work. And, and I just I, I want to hammer down on this. We cannot be just moved by what happens at the time. Mm -hmm. And I believe that Driscoll is a victim of these movements. Here's why this is really important to me when it comes to theology, when it comes to apologetics. If we are moved by the winds of the day, then we have a problem. And that is one thing. Okay, he wants to denounce the Young Restless and Reform movement. By all means, denounce it. I'm great. I don't really know that I'm, I mean, I used to say like I'm kind of a byproduct of it, but not really. Yeah. Um, there was nobody that was named in those top folks as influencers that, that I was reading uh, when I began to really look into Reformed theology for myself. I would tell anyone, don't base your theological position on the thoughts of one theologian or one pastor. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are basing your thoughts on Scripture because Scripture does not change. Our understanding of Scripture can certainly change, but it does not. Exactly. So, um, so again, let's uh, just make sure that we uh, keep um, Mark Driscoll up in prayer. Yeah. Um, that uh, we keep Trinity Church up in prayer. That we keep uh, people that listen to him um, when he comes to Springfield in prayer. That, uh, you know, whenever he's right, he's right. And he's, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Um, I can mine Driscoll for days and go, you know what, I needed to hear that. And that is correct with Scripture. That's, you know, I can read along and test him by Scripture and go, that was awesome and I needed to hear the way that God gave him that personality to say that thing to me. That's right. Um, so, you know, in that sense, I'll still defend uh, Mark Driscoll when he's right, just like anybody. When they're right, they're right, and we have to say so. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that's the... That's and what and I would always, be. I want to make sure that I also say this, because I think it's important as you're going over and transitioning to our next video. When it comes to where you fall theologically... There are 27... In any type of spectrum of reform theology, because that's what I always want to say, the reform spectrum, because I think that's an mm -hmm. important way. That's a good use of language. Um, whether you say, oh, I am a hardcore five-point Calvinist. I met a guy who said he was a seven-point Calvinist on Friday, by the way. Oh, and man, I, I didn't have him uh, lay that out to me, but <laughs> that's fine. What I would state is make sure that it's not a theologian who is telling you what you are doing when you understand yeah. Scripture. Look at Scripture and see what it says, and if it falls into some type of category, say if that category is right, that's where I am. Does mm. that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. Uh, and if that's where Scripture says the category is, that's where I fall. And so I would never tell anyone that you have to embrace this certain view or this certain view uh, when it comes to a uh, reform spectrum, but I would tell you, embrace Scripture fully, totally. So, mm -hmm. yeah, all right. You've been listening to the Tag Your It podcast. We split up the episode, so please download the next one, Aliens, UFOs, and How We Should Respond. Until then, Soli Deo Gloria.